Welcome to Delighting Daily, a podcast to develop a habit of delighting daily in God's word. We're your hosts, Tori Zbinden, Elijah Denny, and Grace Weikert. Our hope is that this podcast will kickstart your daily habit of reading God's word. If you haven't already, consider purchasing this devotional and getting your Bible out and reading along with us. Today's episode, we are jumping into day 25 of Esther Liu's devotional on shame, being known and loved. Uh, starting on page 67 in you guys' copy of the book in front of you, titled, Be Honest About Your Brokenness. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. It was a normal small group meeting, and we were sharing our prayer requests one by one. Pray for health, for patience, for discipline and Bible reading. Then it was Daniel's turn. Sorry to be super serious and depressing, but I've really been struggling lately. I'm not doing well. He told us a few more details. We could feel his vulnerability. And all who shared after him felt permission and courage to be more vulnerable themselves. Because of shame, many of us wear masks in our relationships and ministry. We put smiles on our faces to pretend we are doing better than we are. We conveniently omit certain details of our lives that, re that reveal we are not as put together as we'd like. We share only the prayer requests that feel safe and socially acceptable. We keep secrets about our past so we don't come across as damaged goods. We try to maintain our image as the picture-perfect couple or family when behind closed doors we aren't. We put forth an image of happiness, strength, competence, or righteousness. Some of us have sophisticated Im image management strategies. Yet in today's passage, the Apostle Paul does the opposite. He is transparent about his most grievous failings. He doesn't pretend his shameful past didn't happen. He doesn't announce all his strengths and impressive accomplishments. He acknowledges himself to be not only a sinner, but the foremost of sinners, the worst of the worst. Yet he does it knowing that his honesty serves as a beautiful testimony of Christ's patience and mercy. What if part of loving others means allowing them to see the areas of our lives that we often try to hide? What if we follow Paul's lead here? When we share honestly, we create space for other broken, discouraged sinners and sufferers to be honest about their struggles. <clears throat> Excuse me. And our vulnerability becomes a means of displaying the love and worthiness of Christ, who renews our hearts, redeems the broken parts of our lives, and through it all displays his mercy, his heart of mercy and patience. Whenever I read Paul's words, sinners of whom I am the foremost, I always respond with an unspoken, me too. His words give me permission to acknowledge my own struggles. What would it be like if our churches were characterized less by hiding and pretending and more by the honesty that creates space to say, me too? What if our families and communities could be marked by honest confession of sin, by candid expression of emotion and wrestlings, so, so we could struggle together? And so through it all, the glories of Christ's mercy could be known on full display. Reflect. Have you ever experienced honesty from someone else about their struggles and found encouragement and strength? Why did it make a difference to you? What do you take away from that experience? Act. 
God doesn't ask us to disclose our deepest, darkest secrets to everyone, but he invites us not to deny and cover over the broken parts of our lives. Prayerfully consider how he might be inviting you toward honesty, how your story may serve as a testimony to create space for other strugglers to be honest to. Ask God and trusted loved ones for counsel and wisdom. What do you guys think? I think uh, this is really great. And I think part of just even the secular world has started to see the wisdom in this. I think if you're, there's this popular phrase, let's normalize this. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or even the Me Too movement is saying a lot of what Esther's saying here. There's like the, let's, let's normalize this, meaning let's just talk about this vulnerable thing that we all struggle with. And it kind of deflates the tension a little bit. Or even the Me Too movement is about women who had been sexually abused and probably, I can assume, carry a lot of shame. And so by someone sharing their story, it gave empowered women who are full of shame to say, me too, I struggle. I, I had the same experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I see logically, and I think even the world can see logically, how vulnerability begets vulnerability and also to use their word normalizes things it helps um us actually look at things and not be scared it takes away some of the shame mm -hmm. yeah it adds for more authentic relationships mm -hmm. when it's not kind of like you're talking to a wall or you feel like you're talking like a wall mm -hmm. to other people people can truly get to know you and have eyes to see how to care for you mm -hmm. and so a way that 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 is com well, a question that i often ask me myself mm -hmm. uh, in my own life actually comes from wisdom that tori has given me over the years tori's scared now mm -hmm. um, oh, no. what is she going to say what is she going mm -hmm. to say but my senior year in college one of the last times that i met up with tori one-on-one um, -on -one before i graduated Tori hit me with a gut puncher. Mm. She was basically like, these are all the Eek. things that I hope, Oops. hopefully, uh, will send you chance. off into the, Dump it all on into you. The, the world. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't and know what I was she saying. did it in a very gracious way. But she said, Grace, you don't ask for help that well. Mm. You tend to bring things up when they're a level 10. What about a level 5? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, for years I did not know how to like interpret that until like a past couple years where I was like, okay, how do I bring people into kind of the level, the level like fours, threes, fives, sixes um, into my life? Because I'm comfortable at like, okay, yeah, I can't hide this anymore. It's obviously wrong. People are going to probably start talking to me about it. Um, but yeah, how do I bring people into just like the daily struggles of life and I think that has turned into more fruitful friendships and also people that have been able to have eyes to see my daily life and point me to the Lord more yeah yeah it makes sense right like there's a level of honesty like you don't I, I feel like maybe the the maybe the fear in inviting people into that is like I don't want to be a bother yeah or like what like is unnecessary yeah. right yeah. like if it's not a level 10 like why do i need to yeah. worry about it yeah but when we bring people in mm -hmm. on even the most but what we might think of like as mundane things it's like no actually, they can like, see you before you get to a level 10 right mm -hmm. yeah right i think um a friend of ours um 
reminds me of what a friend of ours would would say often as far as like taking off the church face mm-hmm. where I mean even like and I often remind myself of that even on a Sunday morning where it's like yeah when a friend of ours Jesse asks me regularly like how you do how's your week and like on particularly harder weeks there's there's a tension in myself to just like to kind of like skate by mm-hmm. just be like yeah like it was an all right week but no, like I, I, you're kind of missing a sweet opportunity to to love and care for this brother who's genuinely asking, and then also like I want to hear about how his week is going. So it's like I could share like surface level stuff, and then like what does that actually accomplish? Yeah. And like processing through these hard things that are, that, that are happening, you know. But like yeah. Yeah, again, you don't want to be a bother. Yeah. In how some do you ways. take off the church faith? Right. Right. And even I think what Esther's pointing out here is when we share vulnerably, it encourages others to share vulnerably, and I think. I'm the same way. If when someone asks me, I'm I'm so the same way. Like, I, you know, you could point to Grace her senior year, and I'm like, you're so bad at asking for help. <laughs> says the clown over here, bad for asking <laughs> for help. The reason why I'm pointing it out is because I also do this. I'm like, <laughs> I noticed the struggle I have in you. <laughs> um, but when so like, it's scary to be vulnerable, and um, and so when someone else is vulnerable first, it feels like the right like I, it it inclines me to be like empathize with them and to share with them in a similar way. So when someone asks, how's your week? I think I tend to match whatever that person responds. So if they share vulnerably, like I can share, like I feel more inclined to share vulnerably back. One of my pastors once said that vulnerability is often like compliments where like if you're giving out too many compliments, it kind of falls flat where Mm -hmm. it's like, if someone's just vulnerable all the time, you're like, okay, like we got to, like mm-hmm. what is wisdom here, mm-hmm. right? And she talks about just being vulnerable to the right people, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you don't give out compliments at all, giving out a compliment feels really uncomfortable. <laughs> so if you're not, if you're not uh, vulnerable to anyone, feeling vulnerable to someone is gonna feel really uncomfortable. So how do you find that middle ground of using wisdom to know the right people to go to, but often not, yeah holding back and shielding yourself from that and putting that church face back on. Right. So. Any other thoughts? Nope. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'll close this in a word of prayer. Um, yeah, guys, as we, as we just continue our walk through um, shame and particularly with today being honest about our brokenness, um, we just encourage you guys with Esther's encouragement, find those people in your life the Lord longs to hear your voice, um, as well as I'm, I'm sure the Lord, by God's grace, he's putting people, he will bring people into your life um, that you can share those things with. Um, so yeah, let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you um, for the fact that you see us in our brokenness. Lord, we thank you that you see our brokenness and you still call to your people, that you still call us to come to yourself. Lord, I thank you for the honesty of, of your servant Paul as he wrote um, that he was the worst of sinners. Lord, I thank you that because of, even as Esther has been writing, because of even seeing his seeing Paul's honesty there and recognizing that he in of himself recognized himself as the worst of sinners, Lord, um, we, too can, we too can look at Paul's words and say, me too. Honestly, I'm right there with you, brother. Um, and so, Father, we, we, we just pray that as we continue and just process through, um, Lord, that you would bring people into our lives that we can share honestly and vulnerably with. 
Lord, that we wouldn't want to put the church face on, um, but that we can um, just recognize this life is hard and how can we walk with each other through it. We pray these things in your awesome and holy name. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us for day 25, and we will see you back here tomorrow for 26. Today we read from Esther Lou's devotional, Shame, Being Known and Loved. We read, we read this with permission from PNR Publishing. If you want to learn more about where to purchase this book, check our show notes below. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. And if you're listening on Spotify, like and subscribe for more notifications. See you back here tomorrow.